You're listening to the Brandon Bishop Podcast. Here he is, the owner of Asai TV, lead singer of the One-Eyed Buffalo, former pro wrestler, former army soldier, published author, cat lover, host of Go There, Eat That, Super Proud Dad, and all that, Brandon Bishop. Yeah. Uh. What? Yeah. Yo. Uh huh. Yo. Yeah. <clears throat> oh. Ooh. Hmm. That cleared the throat. What a terrible start. I'm sorry, I'm trying to be a rapper, and, uh, like, every rap song will have those intelligent, intelligent lyrics. Hi, Kitty Kitty. Yeah, this whole episode's kind of going to be about you. You want to come up here and sit on my lap? You do? You don't? You do? Okay. There she goes. Oh, Marcy J. Cat. We have been together. Let me tell you the story. Of Marcy J. Cat. Hey, baby. We have, uh, and yeah, this will be one of those emotional episodes because of stuff. If you don't know, um, my little baby here, who I've had for over 18 years, is, uh, oh, I don't want to say this in front of her. She may be, she's been with me for 18 years. You think she'd understand English? Or at least my English, one of the two. Anyways, took her to the vet. They found uh, tumors under her tongue that are inoperable. And it's just going to grow until they take my cat away from me. And that sucks. Um, I mean, (laughs) you could have a t-shirt that you've had for 18 plus years. And you'll think twice. And you probably won't throw it away ever because you've just had it for this long, you know, and I don't look at her in those lights, but I look at her more like, uh, you know, like a damn, she's kind of been like everything to me. Oops. She's still jumping around. She's still having a, she's still got the same brain doing the same things Marcy does. She's still, uh, purring and loving and snuggling. And we just woke up from a nice little two hour nap, which I did not plan on taking. (laughs) Her fault entirely. She gets right up on me and just starts purring, and then I'm out. It's been like that forever. But bad news, you know? Um, yeah, just bad news. We've been attached at the hip for most of those 18 years, and uh, especially in this place where I've lived for almost nine years now. I mean, this is her home. This is... Uh, so anyway, the, according to the vet, New Year's next year, I, you know, I spent New Year's this year with her and uh, most years, to be honest with you. Last year, I spent it in um, Santee, California with Stephen Piercy and his band uh, doing a little corporate gig. That was a big waste of my money, and I'll get into that another time, uh, maybe later. But... Um, yeah, I love this cat. 
I mean, literally, I love this cat more than 99.999% of the human population. Definitely more than any other animal in the world or has ever existed. She's my, uh, she's, you know, that mix, but this is weird to say it in these terms, but she's like, you know, like a child, of course. I had her since she was a kitten and I'll get into all that in a minute. She just took off. She doesn't want to hear all this stuff. She's getting a drink of water. Never mind. Um, I've had her since she was born, basically. Uh, and she's kind of like a child. Raised her to this day for over 18 years. It's crazy to think about. She's been like a nagging wife <laughs> at the same time. She lets me have it and... When she need, you know, when, some, when she's not pleased with something, she lets me have it. So I've had no use for a wife or a girlfriend. I get enough grief from this cat. Like if I take off for two weeks and go on the road, and then I come back, oh, for at least two weeks, I'm, I get to third degree, man, and it burns. Trust me. And most of all, she's been and still is for now. Uh, you know, a friend. Dare I say, you know, my, <laughs> ah, freaking hell, here I go. Let me drink some coffee. I got a cat hair in my mouth too, so I got to get that out. Hey, man, we snuggle. We snuggle hard. We always have. I wonder if she's ever like, oh, I got a human hair in my mouth. Ew, gross. Like an arm hair or head hair or something falls in her face and she's like, <laughs> gross. Where'd you go, Katie? Oh, there you are. I know. Come here, baby girl. I want to be near you. As much as possible from here on out. Cool. Okay, good. Well, come over here. I'm not keeping you. So I found her in a, in a, there was a tornado warning. I was working at some factory. It's the factory that makes all the plastic bags for Walmart. It's in Wichita Falls, Texas. Um, I couldn't tell you the name of the place, but I found her underneath a car during a tornado. I'm out in this little guard shack, right? And uh, people come to me and they show me their badge or whatever and the little bar goes up and down and I make them badges and things like that. Um, It was a really boring-ass job. I sat there and watched TV and worked for maybe 30 minutes out of a nine-hour shift. So I'm outside watching, you know, looking for funnel clouds because the alarms are going off and everyone's telling me, yeah, you... If you see a funnel cloud, then uh, that's how they talk in Texas, of course. You see a funnel cloud, then maybe you should, uh, you know, not be out there. <laughs> like, where am I going to go? Like, the, this is at night. The factories. Anyway, so I'm out there, and I just hear this little mirror. Like the, I don't even know how I heard it. It was windy, and the rain was crazy, and but I just heard this little mew. and I could not find where it was coming from. I, of course, it's a cat, and a very small cat, and I'm like. Where in the world is there a cat? This makes no sense. And I had my little, you know, security outfit on and all that crap. Sorry. Um, so I, I um, follow the mewing and I look under a car and there's this tiny, tiny little Siamese Himalayan kitten. Couldn't have been just a couple days old. Wet, shaking, 
one of her eyes, I believe it was her left eye, was completely scabbed over, like infected. Just like, I didn't even think she had an eye. It was just really bad. And um, so I grab a, I don't a shirt or something I grabbed up and just started drying her off and took her inside the guard shack. And this guard shack's like literally maybe the size of my living room. That, that was, you know, my whole day, night, whatever spent in this little guard shack. And it was, um, yeah, I just picked her up and she crawled up on my, I'll never forget, she crawled up on my left shoulder and just, I think she was just learning how to purr <laughs> because it was like this weird little <laughs> kind of purr. And she stayed there the entire shift. And, you know, anytime somebody came up to the gate, guard shack or whatever, I, I kind of hit her. I just you know, didn't want to think I brought bring your pet to, to work day or any of that stuff. And I uh, just kept her up there, and she honestly, I took her home. I was renting uh, half of a duplex at one at that point, and I wasn't sure I was even allowed to have cats, didn't care. She was so small, like, what is she going to do? <laughs> and she just, uh, that was her spot up on my left shoulder. Fast forward 18 plus years later, and that's still her spot. She lays right across my chest from my hip to my chest. She's a big cat now. Not not huge. She's still a small cat, but bigger than then. And she just rests her. Some, she'll fight. She'll fight me to get you know her head on my left shoulder. So I don't know. It's weird. Um, there's only been a couple of times when we were apart. I... Um, I had a breakup in like 2010 here in Colorado because, uh, well, first we moved here to be with uh, my son's mom. Even before my son was born, we both moved here. She moved here like a month or something before I did and took her with me. I remember they had a drugger and she looked like she was dead. And I'm like, oh, my God, you killed my cat. But it's probably for the best because she would have killed them because her meowing in cars is just for that long, for 10 hours. Oh, it would have been terrible. But, you know, she made it, and they, they watched her for me and everything until we got a house up here. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and it's been, you know, us ever since. We had a couple times when we were apart when I broke up with uh, this other girl, whatever, not important. Um, I kind of went nomadic for a while. I had to uh, just to save up money and rebuild my life because I got rid of my house for this chick. I, you know, I'm in an apartment and, uh, yeah, it was just a bad thing all the way around. So I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to go live on couches and friends basements. And I did for like two years. I could talk about that actually. Um, the first place I went to, I remember I had my Ford Taurus all packed up full of everything that I had and I uh, moved into uh, my friend Jay Quintana's basement. Funny enough, we were like arch enemies in the wrestling show. Jeremy Quinn, Brandon Bishop, you know, we like Asylum Championship Wrestling. The whole story arc was revolved around us two. And I paid him like 300 bucks a month to live in his basement. I went back to selling cars up in Denver uh, at Toyota, Stevenson Toyota, and actually did a really good job. I was like number two or three on the leaderboard every single month and uh, raked it in, uh, bought a new car. You know, I could afford things. I started singing for the band Slugworth uh, 
and I was still wrestling with Asylum Championship Wrestling. Sometimes I would do both in the same night. Um, I kept my cat in the basement with me, and that's that was her whole life for like, you know, many months, just living in that basement and waiting for me to get home from whatever I was doing. Uh, and I always felt bad, you know. I wish I had a big old house again for you, baby girl, because, but I didn't, so I had to do what I had to do. After that fell through because of the, uh, I don't know, his wife was kind of just, ugh. and I I don't know what they were doing. They were moving or something, so I had to go. Uh, I always sounded like bullshit. I just don't think the wife liked me. Jay and I are still really good friends. Uh, we don't see each other that much, unfortunately, but that's just life. But anyways, I moved in from uh, to another person's house. Uh, another wrestler, Kincaid, lived in his basement for a little bit. Um. I, I, I want to think I had her at that point, but I don't think I did. I remember, I think I had to take her to uh, this lady Emily's house for a couple months. And that was really the only time that we've ever parted. Because then I moved down to uh, Colorado Springs again with my friend Jen. Yeah, then I got her back then because uh, she had two cats and I had a cat. And it just all, you know, had this nice big house. You got to run around and everything. Then me and Jen had a following following out. Because I brought a girl over one time and, you know, how petty and stupid that kind of situation can be. Because uh, I was, you know, banging everybody in the world at that point. Sorry. And uh, to include Jen. And <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, come on, I'm a wrestler and, and I want to be a rock star. And I'm young. And I was like 200, like 200 pounds at that point. Like I looked better than I've ever looked in my life. And I'm having some fun, you know. But she wasn't happy about that. Anyway, that was a nice house too. I had a really nice bedroom and really, yeah, I was uh, a little bummed that that kind of fell through the way it did. Uh, from that point, I moved into, wow, where did I go at that point? I moved out of Jin's house. I had a big old, I had all my wrestling rings and everything there. Uh, it sucked. And then I think I moved in with, um, Damn, my friend, no, 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 I moved in with my friend Mike Rowe, I forgot all about that, and I did not have Marcy J. Cat with me for about four or five months when I lived with Mike. I'm just, honestly, I don't know why I'm telling you this, you may have no interest in this whatsoever. Um, I'm just trying to remember for my own sake now to document it and record it somehow, just so I can remember down the road. Anyways, I did not have her because I think their kids were allergic to cats or something like that. Anyway, um, so yeah, I uh, stayed down there in a the basement in a little bedroom in the basement, which was fine by me. I, I'm a minimalist. I think that period, I think this period of time I'm talking about really prepared me for like van life and you know, future tiny home living and stuff like that, because I just realized that I didn't need anything. I could take everything and stick it into a small car at that point, And it's all that I needed. And I had, you know, a couch that I slept on. I had, you know, things like that. I, I think I still had things in storage at Jen's house. Um, my wrestling rings, my bed, my dressers and all that stuff. And I know she used a lot of that, but it's kind of gross to really think about. Not that Jen's gross, but just people sleeping and banging and stuff on your beds and like, ugh. Well, I had that bed for a long time, up until this apartment, like just a few years ago. <laughs> anyway, um, 
moved out of Mike Rose house because him and his wife were just like going at it constantly. And I just had to get out of there. So I moved in with my friend Amber and me and Amber were kind of dating, but I didn't really want to date Amber because she had like two kids that were crazy. I'm sure they're wonderful children now. I'm sure they're great. Um, but just absolutely, I don't know how she did it. I have nothing but respect for Amber, like being a single mom. And I think Amber really wanted it. And I've known her for years because she was a fan of the band that I was in, Ginger's Hotter and all this. I, anyway, I just, uh, I remember we had like amazing sex together for some reason. <laughs> Sorry to, you know, too much information. Fine. Click stop. It's whatever. This, is, this whole episode is going to be like that. But I remember we had Marcy then and I was so happy. Uh, to have her back, and then we, um, that didn't work out, and it was all my fault, because she wanted to be, I think she wanted to be in a relationship, and I just, I couldn't even hold a job at that point, I was uh, building a side TV in my head at that point, and making logos, and thing, you know, just kind of dreaming the dream a little bit, and that's all that I was obsessed with, I remember I got a night job at Target, stocking shelves, and it was like, <laughs> I, I could not stand having, and here's the thing, I'm not better than anybody except for these people at Target, okay? <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. I was just leaps and, and bounds, and I wasn't. I was unemployed, you know what I mean? I was living at a friend's house. I was, you know, my car, oh, I didn't even have a car. My car died at that point. Man. I don't think I was wrestling at that point. I wasn't in a band at that point. I was. I, I lost everything at that point. It was embarrassing. And I had this Amber girl who opened her doors to me and let me stay in her house. You know, we played with each other's stuff, parts, and it was okay for a few, for about a month. And then when she realized that, I was like, no, dude, I'm not. I'm not going to be your, your boyfriend in this situation, okay, because I'm embarrassed to be me in this situation. I was gaining all that weight back, and I'm just gross. Um, but I had Marcy that whole time. And then when that fell through, I moved in with my friend Jamie, who I was also banging at one point. Not funny enough, we, we, we were playing around all the time before I moved in with her. Before Amber got sick of my shit and said, you got to go. And I don't blame her at all. Amber was awesome. I hope she's still doing well. Um, I hope her kids are amazing. What an awesome girl. I mean that. And same with Jamie. Same with everybody on this list. Mike Rowe, uh, Quinn, everybody. Uh, Quintana, even Kincaid, who I don't really like that much. But I think that when I was living with Kincaid, just to back up a little bit, I think his wife caught wind that I'm not a big religious guy. And they are. And I think that's what ended that relationship. They wanted me out as soon as they heard that. Or they're just like me. If I had somebody staying in my basement, I'd be like, all right, dude. Uh, you know what I mean? I, I just can't stand to have an entity down there that I can't control or something. I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, Amber is awesome. Everybody that took me in, I wow, thank you. And there was a point in there as well for like two weeks, I think this is before, um, this is after Amber and before uh, Jamie. There's a point where I lived with my cousin, my cousin Jamie, who happened to just move to Colorado Springs with her like fiance, boyfriend, whatever. And uh, 
I just needed a place to stay for a couple of weeks. So I, you know, I, they had no furniture. They had nothing in their house. So I brought in all my stuff, my couch, everything. And um, I just slept on the couch, didn't care. I had the cat with me. And um, like, you know, like anything in that situation, eventually it's going to wear thin. I was wearing, worn very thin, like, get me out of here. And um, <laughs> I heard boyfriend came home drunk. I don't remember the guy's name. Uh, it's not important. But he came home really drunk and just starts screaming at her. And, of course, I had to do the, hey, that's my cousin. Blah, blah, blah. And I've known my cousin my entire life. You know, we just reconnected after a decade or whatever. And we were really close as kids. But, you know, they had problems. They had really bad problems. And it ended up with him throwing a punch at me, which, like, go ahead. Try to punch me. Anybody, come up and try to punch me. You have a 30% chance you're going to land because for some reason I'm really good. This is all probably from pro wrestling and the Army and, you know, Tung Sudo and all that shit that I've been doing my entire life, all the combat sports. It's really hard to punch me for some reason. And when you do, it doesn't hurt. It's, I got a weird head, dude. Like my head can just bobble this way and you're you're not going to catch me with a punch unless you, I'm not expecting it at all. But if I see you, you know, coming at me like he was, you threw a punch at me and I decide stepped it, put my hand around my, my entire arm around the back of his neck and my forearm up in his throat and just lifted up. I could have snapped his neck, took his leg out and uh, just laid on the floor for about 30 minutes. I swear it was that long. Uh, waiting for the cops. Like, and he was fighting the whole time, but he could not get out of this vice grip. And I'm not saying that because, like, hey, look at me, I'm a badass. Uh, um, sometimes I am. Sometimes anybody can be. I, I definitely know how to defend myself from a drunk asshole throwing a punch at me. But that, did, needless to say, that didn't end up very well. And then I moved in with uh, Jamie after that. And uh, Jamie was awesome. Like I said, we didn't mess around at all. She had this douchebag guy that she was dating while I was there. I mean, this guy was the worst. Put it this way. He was like in his mid-30s, and he still wore like the flat-billed baseball caps. Like, like, dude, bend that thing up. You know what I mean? You look like an asshole. And that still had the tags on it. Like that kind of guy. The guy that acted like he had money, but he had no money at all. So, oh. but I remember I had Marcy for a little bit um, during that, but apparently they're kids and dogs and everything were allergic. So I had to give her up again for a few months. And after that, um, I found this apartment and I was working for true green. <laughs> the last day job I've ever had and ever will have by, unless I choose to take up a job somewhere just for the fun of it. Um, yeah, I was, I was selling lawn and tree care. <laughs> me yeah i know but the whole time i used that office space to build a side tv that is where it launched and i was living with jamie um pretty much rent free i don't know if i was supposed to be we never i don't remember us having a conversation about hey pay this much a month because i was making decent money at true green uh, again when it comes to sales i can sell my ass off and that's what i was doing so i was number one two three on the the, every month's you know top seller list. Oh, but I found this apartment, got Marcy back. So, yeah, the, the the main point of it is, I think maybe six months to maybe eight months uh, of her entire life, I didn't have her out of eighteen years, and 
yeah, I, I'm not ready for it to, uh, to not have a cat. I mean, of course there's pros, there's a silver lining. Um, you know, I can travel more. I don't have to come home. I can just be on the road. I can live in a van. I can do all these things without a pet. I will never get another pet if, unless somehow my mind changes, which I can't fathom it doing. Um, I just don't want that responsibility. You know, I don't want any more kids. I don't want no more pets. I don't want anything. I want uh, this cat. <laughs> and that's it for as long as she lasts. She could last another two years for all I know. It's just not looking like it. You know, it's looking more like a few months tops. Um, this, And that's it for me with pets. I'll, I'll love on other people's dogs. If you come up with me and you got a dog, I will snuggle that dog. I'll scratch its ears, scratch its butt. I'll do anything for that dog. Or your cat, of course. I'm a cat guy. But I don't want my own. I don't want something that needs me to feed it, needs me to deal with its poop, any of that stuff. I love doing that stuff for her because we're family. I'm sorry, 18 years is common law, right? I mean, that's we're, we're family. We're we're connected. <sighs> Anytime you hear a pause like that, I'm I'm not crying. You are. So I was going to do a, uh, first of all, I'm a few days late on this. <laughs> I wanted to do them every Thursday or Friday. I got a couple messages on the Facebook page. I, uh, what's his name? Jason said, dude, you suck. <laughs> what did he say? I'm not going to get off the recording screen here because I'm always afraid I'll lose it. I know I won't, but. Like go look at Facebook and be come back and it's not recording anymore. So basically, uh, dude, you suck so bad at keeping your schedule, something like that. And you're right. And I'm sorry, but dealing with uh, this uh, has been stupid hard. And uh, it's all on the Asai TV life, the vet visit on YouTube. You can go to the ASY TV, Asai TV YouTube page. It's free to subscribe. Just click the subscribe button. I think that episode's coming out January 27th because I'm like 25 days ahead, which I like to be because I do episodes every Monday and Friday. And um, I'm just not. She's got another appointment on the 26th. So hopefully things are you know, better. She's on a steroid, which seems to be making her really hungry. She's got this ear cream that's supposed to make her hungry. And, um, she's gaining her weight. She lost a lot of weight. She wasn't grooming herself. She wasn't eating. She wasn't being herself at all. And she's had this thing with her mouth. Like I've got misophonia. I'm the worst case for misophonia in the world. Uh, the audio sensory disorder, whatever. Even when I like kind of smack my lips and I listen back, which everybody does, especially with this microphone that picks up everything, I, like it drives me, I drive myself crazy, which I don't listen to my own podcast mainly because of that. But you know, when another reason I'll never have another pet is I can't listen to a dog drink water. I'll go, I have to leave the room. 
I know they have to drink. It's not them. It's me. You know, it's, um, but she's been doing this thing with her mouth was just, she's just kind of, you know, you could tell there's something growing under her tongue that's bothering her. And I hate it for her. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> I wish I could just, oh, if it costs $10,000 to get that thing out of her mouth, I'd pay it. Simple as that. I just, I would, from what they said, you, you can't remove her tongue. You know what I mean? You can't, you just can't do that to her. So, you know, she's really drooly and, but it's been better since the vet visit, since the steroid pill. And I crush up in her homemade food every morning. Um, it's funny. Usually I can sit here and just talk, 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 talk. Yeah, it's me, Brandon. We're doing this, doing that. Yeah, come look at this. And right now I'm just kind of moving at a slow pace because it's it just, you know, sucks. And and I usually like question marks in front of me as far as what I'm doing, where I'm going, where I'll live in Michigan when I move there, where I'm, you know, what the future holds. I love a big question mark. I like to have a hint. Give me some hints and let me figure it out. But I don't like this question mark at all, whether I have, you know, years or months or days uh, with her. You know, the vet basically said it's basically basically hospice at this point. And it's a word I don't like. You know, my grandmother was in hospice and didn't last too long. Uh, back in 95, I know that's a long time ago, but it still kicks my ass, and this will too. The vet was cool. I've talked to her several times on the phone and through emails ever since, and it was only a few days ago, so. Ah, oh, dude. She's 88, actually probably more than that. She's probably like 90 in cat years, Okay. <laughs> 90 in cat years. We had a good run, baby girl. You know, I'm not upset about that. But we all sit there and go, wow, why did I yell at her for meowing at five in the morning? I could have just said, okay, baby girl, let's put you in the other room and then close the door nicely. But I'm over here throwing stuffed bears around and stuff, you know, like, hey, there's no reason for that. And it just, you know, I... One thing that she will do for me is make me a better person. I've learned from that. Like any kind of annoyance or anger or intolerance in the moment is not worth how you're going to feel down the road. Uh, and we all yell at our pets. You know, there's dog barking, shut up! I've never, you know, hit her or anything like that. Like I said, I've thrown stuffed animals in her direction to scare her out of the room so she'll stop meowing in my ear. There's that kind of thing, but I just, even that I feel bad about. Every time that she climbed up and wanted to snuggle, I'm like, baby girl, I got to do something. I got to work, you know? Like, And some of you are like, dude, Brandon, it's just a cat. You know, dude, get over it, dude. Yeah, and then to those people, I say, fuck you. You know, <laughs> simple as that. Fuck you. Um, I am an, an emotional person. I really am. I'm a, dare I say, overly emotional person for a few things. 
like my cat is definitely one of them. My mom, my son, my daughter, my grandson, every, you know, all my closest friends. I I don't want to lose any of you. And it just, it's this shit, man. Um, I trying to bury myself in work. I've, I've canceled all my trips for January. I was supposed to go on one one trip actually in January and I got a couple other things I have to do in town or in Denver. Those are fine, those are close. Um I got to do a new uh, Asai TV life on the Asai TV YouTube channel every Monday and Friday like I said. So I have to come up with, you know, content and everything. I've challenged myself to do that. I just started a new diet which is uh different to say the very least. It's um it's one meal a day, Monday through Friday, and the weekends I can eat whatever I want, just not crazy. Um, she's snoring under here. It's pretty cute. Wow, she's out. Um, she's, she's never, when I'm home, it's funny. She's never more than a foot away from me. She's, I'm at the desk. She's under the desk. I'm laying on the, I got a little floor bed thing I put in the living room here. She's right on top of me. If I'm on the couch, she's right next to me. If I'm in the kitchen, she's right there begging for food. If I'm in bed, she's <laughs> tries to be right. I've, I've had to lock her out the last few days um, because she's also on a new diet. I, I'm cooking chicken and turkey and things like that and chopping it up with her pills and broth and everything. So I'm like a cat chef at this point. Uh, that's her diet. My diet is I'm making a big ass salad around three to 5 PM. And that's the only thing I eat all damn day. Now you may be thinking a salad. Wow. You're going to starve. No, these salads are huge, dude. Okay. You're talking like three or four cups of lettuce, uh, not lettuce. I don't use lettuce, spinach and like, uh, butter lettuce is what it's called. And then there's like, uh, you know, there'll, there'll be a protein, like a, a whole steak or a whole chicken breast or, uh, you know, six slices of bacon, something like that. And then there's like all the stuff, the feta cheese, the, you know, it's, it's not the healthiest salad in the world, but it's still getting all of the good stuff in there. The, the tomatoes and the, the seeds and the, the olive oil and just, you know, all the good stuff, blueberries. There's just so many things in this salad. So I'm eating one meal a day. I wake up, I have a big old coffee, which I'm still drinking. And funny enough, now that I'm on my third day, that coffee's filling me up. Like in the morning, it fills me right up. And then, uh, like I said, in a few hours, it is uh, 1 o'clock right now on January 4th already. Holy crap. Um, Yeah, I'll eat that big-ass salad, and I'm good for the rest of the night. I'll have water, and I'll have a nice big glass of tea. And I'm fine until morning. And it's I didn't think it would take... I didn't think I would take to this diet so quickly. Usually it takes me about a week of just suffering and being like, oh, God, I'm so hungry and wanting to eat at night. But that salad is big, okay? So I'm I'm putting away about 1,500 calories just in that big-ass bowl of different delicious things. And I, there's a whole avocado in there, two hard-boiled eggs. I'm talking this is a big salad, okay? <laughs> the emphasis is on big. The only sugar in it is I use uh, candied jalapenos, but I only use like six or eight little rings, you know, little slices, and uh, which is maybe four grams of sugar. And the blueberry balsamic vinegar that I use has like four grams per tablespoon. So ultimately, there's 12 grams of sugar in this thing, which is fine. That's well within what I'm supposed to have. 
The sodium is mainly coming from the feta cheese, which is fine because that's well within what I'm allowed to have. So, and by having this one big meal, and, and I've done a ton of research on this stuff, um, having this one big meal Monday through Friday every day, it's just cleaning my body out. But I'm going to go a step further. And I'm not recommending this. Talk to your doctor. Talk to your nutritionist. I am not either one of those things because I'm, I've talked to them. And this is what's – I've never done this, so I'm going to see if it works for me. I'm 263 pounds three days ago. Okay? No, two days ago. I was 263 pounds. Right now I am 255 in two freaking days of doing this. Something's working. Okay, I'm not hungry. I'm not depriving myself. I'm getting everything that I need. Taking my blood pressure, blood pressure medication, uh, blood pressure medication. Taking my vitamins. Doing. I'm getting everything I need. Lots of water. But next week, I'm actually going to fast for five days. It's going to be coffee, tea, broth, and water. Coffee, tea, and broth and water. And that's it for five days. And I'm going to do that once a month, every single month, unless I'm on the road. And I, I can't because you just can't do that on the road. You'll run out of energy. I'm going to be home all next week, so I have really nothing to do and nowhere to go to snuggle my cat, make sure she's good. And uh, I, I need to reset my system. I need to uh, just stop the bullshit. I need to cleanse my body and get it out of me, all the crap, all the garbage and clear my veins and my intestines and everything. Just get it. Just flush it. Like Mr. Clean, down the freaking pipes, just out. And uh, this is the way I've been told to do it. So I'm going to do it, and I'll film the whole thing on a side TV life. I've only, like I said, been on this. This is my third day now. And uh, I weighed myself in on the first day and then had the salad and all that stuff. So I've already lost eight pounds in three days. My body sheds weight like crazy when I stop bullshitting it. And then I'll hit a wall at about 20 pounds, and I need to lose 50 altogether. So, you know, I'll hit a wall at 20 pounds, and then I'll take, that's when I start exercising. You can't exercise when you're fasting. You can if you're like some athlete or something, but I'm no athlete at the moment. So (laughs) I need to uh, not, you know, push it. And then after this first week of fasting, I'll go back on the salads and, you know, having fun on the weekends. And yeah, and then I'll add in the, the exercise element to it. And I'm not a big fan of that. But when I say exercise, I'm talking like, let's go for a five mile walk, which will eventually turn into, you know, five mile runs. I've got to do something, man. Um, after that last trip and through the holidays and the you know, this depression with her, the cat, and, you know, I'm, I'm a little upset about other things. My son and I haven't been talking as much, and I know it has mostly to do with high school stuff, but when you don't even get a phone call on Christmas, Christmas Eve, New Year's, or anything, you start wondering what's going on, and it starts affecting you. So I have, it's uh, kicking my ass, to be honest with you. It's almost been a month since I've even heard from him, and I'm a little pissed off about that, to be honest with you, because I, you know, my mom as well hasn't heard from him. So I don't know what's going on on that side of his world. I have no freaking clue. Uh, there's no way for me to know, but I, I'll, I'll just say end it with this. I'm, I'm very hurt, very upset and very pissed, been very down about it, been burying myself in food and bad choices because of that. And, uh, yeah, I would love to know what's going on, but I don't really honestly care to talk about that 
too much until I do know what's going on. Maybe go see a shrink together or something. I freaking don't know what to do. Like, you know, I wasn't expecting this until he was like 18 or 19 and, you know, he's 16 (laughs) and too cool for dad. You know, it's, uh, someday he'll pull his head out of his ass and realize that, uh, the person that made him his honest, true dad, me, uh, did nothing but love the hell out of him and try to bring out the best in him and try to, and gave him everything he, between me and my mom, his grandmother, like we've given him everything he's ever wanted, everything. And even things he didn't want, you know I mean? We, we would have given him anything and maybe that's the problem. Maybe I spoiled him and, uh, just takes me for granted now. takes us for granted. And it's not, I don't think he realizes Again, I'm an overly emotional person. He is not at all, <laughs> like even remotely emotional. And I- I'm just wondering if it's going to be one of those. Th- I'm trying to look back to when I was his age. And-, and I don't remember being very affectionate towards my mom or my stepdad at the time. Um, I was quite the asshole. My kid's not an asshole. He's a wonderful human being. He really is. But towards me lately, he's just kind of brushed us off. And, and I'm like, I've even told him, hey, Marcy Cat's sick. You know, that cat that you've that's older than you that you've spent half of your life around? Yeah. Because I've always had him for half time, if not more. And nothing. Not even an all poor kitty or anything. Not even a one word answer. Nothing. So I'm just, uh, between that and the cat and uh, some other things you know, business things. I'm just, I turn to, turn to food. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do drugs. I don't, you know, I'm not addicted to women anymore. I don't have any other bad vices right now, except for, um, doing a podcast (laughs) and, uh, just eating pure high octane garbage, um, which I'm done with now. So I guess I'll just have to, uh, rely on therapy in the form of a podcast and a YouTube show. Cause that's why I do those two things. I'm grateful that everybody listens and watches and whatever, but again, this is for my soul. I, it's for two reasons. It's therapy and it's documentation. I'm capturing, uh, these words, which will live forever, either on an old dusty hard drive or on this podcast format or whatever. I will, uh, They'll always be there. My voice will always be able to be heard if my kids want to hear it. Maybe someday my son will listen to this and be like, oh, shit. I didn't realize I was hurting my dad so bad. I was just lost in my own little high school video game world, which I totally get, dude. I was there. But someday, I'm trying to think of when it was when I woke up. I think I was in the army already, so I got a few years of missing him, I guess. He may be mad inside and feeling let down and hurt that I'm moving to Michigan. But I wouldn't be moving to Michigan if I wasn't sad and hurt that he's, you know what I mean? It's like, it's not a decision I, I want to make. I would love to have everybody under, you know, in, in the same zip code. It would be wonderful. But I don't. My mom, she needs me up there. You know, I, 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 I know that more and more every time I take a visit. Like my mom needs me up there and I've not been there for her for the most part. 
We talk two, three times a day, every single day, and I love that. She's my best friend. But I need to be there. So I got to go. Plus, my daughter and my grandson are up there. I missed 23 years with my daughter. Not even knowing she was my daughter. Having a hint that she was, but that's it. Her mom never told me shit. Hid it from me. Told me it wasn't mine. The whole thing, you know, the, the all the bullshit drama garbage that I... But now we're together and I don't want to waste any more time. But at the same time, I don't want to leave him. Are you kidding me? But I'm not leaving him. There's no him. <laughs> He's not here. It's what day is it today? Wednesday. I normally don't have him on Wednesdays, but for his entire life, I've had him from Sunday till freaking, you know, Wednesday morning or Tuesday morning. And then it got shut down to Monday morning. Now it's no mornings. Sundays used to be my favorite damn day of the week because I'd go to his mom's, pull up, I'd see him in the window, jumping up and down, excited that I showed up. He'd run outside. Nothing made me feel better than that. Nothing. So yeah, my, my son and my cat were the two people, <laughs> I'll call them people, that were the most excited to see me. When I got home, my cat would just meow, 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 meow. When I'd pull up to pick him up, he'd be so happy. And then, <laughs> happy new year, Brandon. You know, you know, pretty soon you won't have either. So I need to go where the fucking love is, right? I need to go where I'm wanted. When I pull up to my mom's house, she's standing on a porch waiting for me. It's the greatest feeling. When my daughter, you know, I pick her up at the airport a few weeks ago before the event. You know, yeah, you run at each other with a big hug. So awesome. I want that same relationship with her son, Chance, my grandson. I can't wait to have that. You know, I, I can weather any storm. I have proven that to myself. I don't need to prove it to anybody else. I've proven that to myself. I can weather any storm. And what I mean by that is nothing really phases me except for, you know, this kind of stuff. But I, I can't, I can't deal with this kind of stuff. I mean, I have to, I'm dealing with it. I, I, I won't say can't deal with it. I, I don't, I'm not really good at doing this kind of stuff because like I said, again and again, I'm an overly emotional person and I don't think that's a fault. I care so much and I love so hard. And when that love goes unanswered, it's a, it's a pill that I don't know how to take. It's like, it's like, so it's like a doctor saying, you know, here's a thermos, shove that up your ass and you'll feel better. I, I 
first of all, I don't want things in my ass. And second of all, there's no way it'll fit. And third, I don't want to try. And, you know, is feeling better even worth it at that point? I, I don't want a thermos in my ass. Uh, bad metaphor, but I think you get it. Oh, crap. Anyway, I have a whole list of things. This is supposed to be a New Year's show. Maybe I'll do that next time. I'll still do it. I don't know. I still got uh, 15 minutes or so. I don't know. How long do you guys want to listen? Just tell me. Want me to shut up now? I'll shut up now. (laughs) I was throwing shit around. So New Year's. (laughs) My earliest memories of of a New Year's Eve stuff has been spending it with my grandma. Um, Even before, I lived with my grandma for a long time um, after I had a little falling out with the mom and the stepdad. Uh, Even before then, though, I remember distinctively being with my grandmother watching Dick Clark's Countdown, the parades, and all that fun stuff. And, of course, my grandma was cooking. Uh... She probably made peanut butter fudge or ham pies or something. Uh, all these little silly recipes that she would make. And I remember we'd uh, just spend the night, you know, just talking and watching the TV. And I'm sure I was just running around being an annoying kid. And she was great to me. My grandmother was, uh, you know, my mom and my grandmother when my mom was a kid, did not have a very good, productive, healthy relationship whatsoever. My grandma was, according to my mom, was just an awful mother uh, to my mom. And it sucks because I never saw any of that. Um, I think they mended fences towards the end because I I don't know. I just, I, I never saw any arguments. Maybe my grandma just got old and realized that, you know, she's pretty much relying on my mom at this point and um, for everything. But when I got booted out of the house for hanging out with the band Danger Danger and traveling across the state from Detroit to Grand Rapids and then staying with a girl, Cherry and, and Angela, um, <laughs> and not having a car, not having any money, not having cell phones, not having any money to make a long distance call, which was a thing back then. And I disappeared for two weeks um, with my friend Dwight. And then Dwight was being questioned for stealing. Uh, from a Toys R Us, which actually did, I was a part of that. <laughs> uh, Dwight had a friend at Toys R Us who put a bunch of Sega controllers outside and Dwight picked up the box. They had a little thing going on between the two of them. I was just there. So I didn't really, I, but you know, impressionable youth, you're like, oh, hell yeah, man, let's, let's do it. And then we returned the controllers, the big box. How fishy is that? Oh, you're missing a big box of controllers, and then we come in and return them um, for store credit, which I bought a bunch of like wrestlers and stuff with. I, really stupid. Anyway, um, so that's how I got dragged into that. I didn't really understand that I was doing something very, very stupid, but I, I was. Uh, we've all done it. Um, so yeah, I'm being looked for by the police, and I'm disappeared for two weeks. There's no way to get in touch with me. And they kicked me out. There was a note on the door. All your stuff's in storage. Here's the key. I remember it started off, you've made your decision, blah, 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 whatever. And I'm like, well, shit. I'm I'm homeless. Like, I've been kicked out of the house. 
<laughs> so after living in a wheelbarrow out in the woods behind Dwight's house uh, for a couple weeks, I ended up staying with uh, my grandmother for years. And those were some of the most formative, incredible times of my life. That's like, I remember running up her phone bill because I was basically running a major part of Detroit's music scene out of my grandmother's house, dating, you know, rock stars and, you know, some of the hottest women that were in the Detroit bar scene at that point, bringing them to my grandma's house, you know, banging them upstairs while my grandma's downstairs watching Matlock. Um, (laughs) I had very little respect back then for anybody to include myself. Um, If my grandma was still alive right now, which, you know, she'd be ancient at this point, but um, she died in 95 at 72. So, 2005, 2015. Yeah, she'd be like almost 100. Oh my God, this year. She was born in 1923. So this March is will be her 100th. Uh, wow, that's crazy. Okay, but um, if she was here, only, I'd, and I'm not big on afterlife. I don't believe in, you know, hey, you're a ghost and hey, we'll be looking down from above. And I don't believe in any of that stuff and you shouldn't either. Uh, it just sets you up for failure. Uh, then again, once you're dead, you don't know that you failed. So it's whatever. I hope it's true. That'd be wonderful, wouldn't it? What a great story. Uh, I don't want to spend eternity doing anything, though. Okay, can I just can you just shut out the lights, please, and just let me go? Like I did, I did eighty years down here. I'm I'm I'm, I'm fine now. I just just want to sleep. Anyway, um, I forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> uh, but anyways, my grandmother was, uh, you know, not the best mom to uh, my mom, but she was amazing to me. So I, uh, I just wanted to say, I'm sorry to her, you know, and it it feels good. Just I've been to her grave and I've said it a thousand times, but I really, if she was still here, I would just say, I'm so sorry for running up your phone bill and eating all your food. And, you know, she was on a fixed income as it was, and I wasn't bringing anything to the table. So I was just an asshole, a 20 year old asshole. And yeah, I mean, shit, once she passed away in 95, I was in Detroit at the time, living with my friend uh, Jim. And then I, uh, you know, I guess we'll just pick up to, you know, all my living situations. Uh, Jim moved out, didn't tell the landlord I planned on staying, which I was making decent money in Detroit's music scene at that point. And I could have paid all the bills and been fine. Um I was shitty at paying bills. Don't get me wrong. It was terrible. Uh, I had the money. I just didn't pay him. Uh, I was also working at Guitar Center, which I don't think I made any money at Guitar Center, but uh, had a couple odd jobs here and there. But yeah, man, it was like uh, Jim didn't tell the landlord. The next thing I know, they show up with a paint crew because they thought I was gone. I was still there with all my stuff. They gave me like, what, three or four days to get everything out. Then I was homeless. (laughs) <laughs> homeless in Detroit, living in a 1983 Toyota Tercel, which rattled once you hit 70 miles an hour so badly that it wasn't even worth going the speed limit. Just slow down to 60 degree, 60 miles an hour and 60 degrees, 60 miles an hour and just be slow. That's fine. Uh, it wasn't worth it. It was crazy. I uh, had a really bad everything. That car was garbage. And I remember sleeping in it with a bunch, just putting a seat back with a ton of blankets and I remember having to get up and turn the car off because the, you know, in the winter you had the heater on, left the car running, <laughs> that carbon monoxide, man, I'm shocked it didn't kill me. 
simple as that. And of course, I you know stayed a few nights with uh, my bandmates. I had a band back then. Uh, women all over Detroit. I was addicted to women and stayed with a bunch of them. You know, whether it was in their beds or in their couch or both. Uh, I got a million stories I could tell about that. Ah, jeez, good stories too. Sexy stories. And I don't. And then I joined the army. <laughs> My mom came through for me and found a little room to rent uh, from this guy named Paul. He was an old. Uh, he was like an old gay guy. And uh, not that that matters. Uh, I'm just trying to give him as many titles as possible because he was a gay guy. He ran a uh, little indoor flea market, and he was a trash collector. And the reason I'm giving everybody titles is because this was the dysfunctional real world. It was crazy. Uh, There was another guy named Norman, who was a good friend of mine at that point. He was a recovering alcoholic who would slip into seizures. And then there's another guy, I think his name was Dan, uh, who was a leukemia patient going through a divorce. And then there was me, the wannabe rock star, who uh, had a, my cat buckwheat at that point. And yeah. <laughs> so you had the wannabe rock star, the recovering alcoholic, the leukemia patient going through the divorce, living in the three rooms that he rented out um, from a, you know, an old gay guy who was a trash collector. And we'd all get together on Sundays and have, you know, Paul would make these amazing meals. And we'd just all chip in or whatever. And it, was, it wasn't as bad as it seems like it would have been. I, yeah, it was really weird. I think, um, and then I joined the Army the same way so many people back then did. You would see the commercials, the be all that you can be. It was very Stripes-like, uh, the movie Stripes. It was very much like that. And I just uh, saw the commercial and said, you know what, dude, I have nothing. Like all the bands that I was managing were all gone. All the nightclubs that I was putting those bands in that I worked for, all gone. All my income was gone. I had no job. Uh, my car was falling apart. I had nothing, nothing. I literally lost everything in uh, in Detroit. My band broke up, you know, no girlfriends or anything like that. Uh, funny enough, my daughter, uh, her mom was the last girlfriend I had, and I was flinging every night. It didn't matter what their names were. Didn't care. I just always had a woman with me. Uh, girl, I should say at that point. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I was addicted. I was majorly addicted to women because they made themselves available, you know? And it's, I'm not saying it's, there, there's, there's no fault in any of this. It was consensual, you know, it was adults doing adult things, but I was very much addicted to, uh, women and I did not want to stay with one. I could have stayed with my friend Kelly, who I'm still friends with, uh, saw her last year. Uh, she was an amazing, amazing person and, I could have stayed with her and built a life with her. I could have, you know, my daughter's mom was not one of those I could have stayed with. She was, uh, you know, one of those people, uh, which were basically the same person as I am. We were, but she had, she lived on Mars. You know what I mean? She was just out there. And I just didn't know because I was selfish and I wanted to, uh, and you, and it's okay to be selfish. I'm still that way. I, I've not, dated this entire 2022 nobody i'm not making that up dude i'm like i'm not gonna say celibate because there were interruptions throughout last year but i mean i've gone from (laughs) and these are not bragging numbers but i'm not bragging i'm I'm really not i'm just explaining uh how i've 
purged so many aspects of my old life, you know, 50 or 60 different women a year to nobody. Two last year? That's insane. <laughs> so I'm no longer addicted to women because I don't even think about it. I really don't. Maybe that just comes with age. I'm 49. You know, I just don't. There are some that I would love to, you know, get to know, not just sexually, but just get to know and have fun with. And uh, I could name probably five or six right now, but I don't really approach it. I don't go after it. Maybe it's because I'm self-conscious. I'm, you know, gained some weight. My beard's gray now. You know, it's, it's funny how that happens. When I was young and broke, I could get anybody I wanted, anybody didn't matter if I had a penny in the bank, didn't matter what my car looked like, didn't matter where I lived, if I even had a place to live, didn't matter. But now that I'm doing very well, I'm not an ugly guy by any means. I just don't care enough at all to sit there and go, hey, you want to go out on a date? Okay, well, then, then what happens? I had a date a few weeks ago. It came over. It was a great time. Didn't end up in anything, a little kissy face, whatever. It's fine. It just, I, um, would love to see her again and see what happens, but I'm just, when did I become the one? And I know I'm, I'm, I'm getting along on this. I've not covered anything. I'll do New Year's next week. I'm, but when did I become the uh, take it slow and see what happens type? I used to be, hey, let's just do this. Let's bang on the first night and then we'll just... And like up until just a couple of years ago, I was like, to say, hey, we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, let's just, let's just be a thing, you know, and date for a few months and then that's it. I've had 50 of those in the last 10 years. And now it's like, you know, I can bring them in. I can still attract them to a point. And then I'm just like, well, you know, <laughs> let's, uh, because I start, I start comparing once you realize you only have like 20, 25 years left to live, if you're lucky, which I do, and the, the, the best part of, you know, not the best part, but the, um, anyway, I'm getting weird text messages. Um, like, okay, what, what is this text message? Someone's texting me saying somebody died. I, I don't want to hear this shit right now. review to come. I don't know what any of this stuff is. Oh, okay. She's, oh, it must be spam. Really? This is what you assholes are doing with spam. Look who died in an accident. I think you know him. I'm so sorry. And it sends you to a TikTok. You know what? I'm sorry, friend. I'm blocking you because that is ridiculous. It's bad enough. You know, spam is bad enough. That's bullshit, dude. You had me really worried there for a second. So I got to block that person now. Okay. Bye. Anyway, what the freaking hell was I talking about? Nothing important. Apparently my brain is completely went off into a different direction, but yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm celibate now. That's that's it. That that's the bottom line of it. I don't care. I do have. Uh, I did share something on Facebook, the Brandon Bishop regular, my old personal Facebook page. 
that um, somebody sent me, and it really meant a lot. Otherwise, I don't, I don't normally share things like this because uh, it's just you know kind of a look at me type of thing. Hey, look at me! Somebody likes me. Yeah, you should too. Yeah, like and subscribe. And it's I. I hope it didn't come off that way by sharing this, but uh, Travis and Jen they um, watched the YouTube show. And uh, they wrote uh, me an email, which was very... I don't even know how they got my email address. My, is it attached to my YouTube? It could be. Anyway. Um, they wrote, Hi, wanted to reach out and thank you for what you do. My husband and I have always talked about exploring the country, but haven't been able to due to so many obstacles with health and money. Watching your watching, um, I I copied and pasted this, so I guess they had a couple typos in there. But watching you, you your YouTube, I guess, uh, watching your YouTube has really given us motivation. Though we both love watching your honesty and no BS attitude. You can write bullshit. Um, thanks for not being yet another fake YouTube show. <laughs> What's up, guys? This is Brandon, and today we're gonna. Oh God, oh gross. Anyway. We're planning our first trip and starting our own YouTube channel, which I hope you'll watch. Much like your show, it won't be done for money. Who says mine's not done for money? It's all about the money. Um, but like you said, it'll be a video scrapbook to remember this time in our lives. I do say that a lot, don't I? I think I said that on this podcast. Anyway, um, thank you so much for inspiring us and motivating us. Good luck with the event. Oh, yeah, they wrote this before the stupid Ultra Megacon. Um, and everything else you're doing, you're a special kind of person. We will be watching. That's creepy. They're going to be watching me. No, I, I really appreciate that. And uh, that's awesome. I get those once in a while. You know, I'm not like any of these other big-time YouTubers by any means that um, have, you know, tens and tens and hundreds of thousands of viewers that write them letters and send them gifts and money and all that stuff. I'm, I'm not there yet. I don't know if I ever will be. That's not something I'm aspire, aspiring to be. I just, uh, but when you do get these letters, it, it, that's cool because I was inspired by other people too. And, uh, for me to, you know, pay that forward, that's pay for the inspiration. That's, that's really cool to me, dude. I'm, I'm grateful that, you know, 50 people watch the aside TV life episodes. I started doing shorts. Um, and there's some of my shorts have like 6,000 views already, which is crazy. <clears throat> Apparently that's not crazy amount, but to me that's crazy compared to my regular episodes. Uh, maybe someday, like I said, I'll start advertising and doing, you know, something with it. It's, a uh, it's a fun thing to put together, though. Like I said, it motivates me to live a life uh, by having a deadline for every Monday and Friday, uh, releasing episodes. And uh, since I'm not traveling because of Marcy J. Cat uh, for a little, I'm supposed to be in Florida in February uh, with wrestling women's wrestling army and Maria. I've not heard a damn thing from anybody. I've asked only I don't know twelve times, so I can, dude. Here's the thing. When I go to Florida or I go to Chicago, I go to any of these places for somebody who's paying me to come in. I book things around that. Like saddle. I, if, if you're putting, if you're going to put me in Florida, I'm going to find Ryzen and say, Hey, look, that's a book. 
and film bad people, bad places, bad things. Let's get a couple episodes out. Cool, we did that. Then I'll go to Ivelisse and say, hey, let's get another episode out. Cool, we got that. I'll go to Aeon Cruise and Aeon Cruise and get too sweet and scavenger hunt. Cool. One, two, three, four. Um, I got other friends down there, and, and I would like to book things around that date, but I need that date and location. Like, if it's not happening, say, oh, and we're not doing it. Cool. I'll push off the other stuff for another time. Um, I'm still going to get to Florida. I'm there all the time. I'm, you know, we're going to get this done. I got to get to New York City and film with Eddie again, which is going to be a lot easier when I'm based in Michigan. Um, Gabby Laspisa from Busted Open Radio and other stuff. She's going to be doing a show about pizza with us. Uh, you know, Alyssa Marino is doing a vegan show with us. Uh, Misa Kate and I have just been talking about doing a show called Absolutely Ridiculous, which is just goofy stuff around the country. All travel shows. Uh, we're going to head down to, uh, you know, Phoenix. I got to get more of the drink with Hillary. Uh, there's another guy down there who's going to do a fitness show. There's so much stuff, man. And every corner of the country, I got to get up to Seattle, uh, up to Washington state and see Garrett and do some more lost in America. I'm going to hit the road with Leah, um, do more sparkle nation, hit the, you know, do some stuff with Chantel. And even though she has something to do every single freaking day of the year, you know, here's the thing. Eventually, as much as I adore Chantel as a friend and as a human, I I get her issues and I get her schedules and everything, but I have to move on at some point. You know, I can't just sit there and, Hey, how about this date? How about this event? How about this? How about this? Do you got any time? She's got three kids and a career. I get it. But you know, there's gotta be a point at some point where we're just like, okay, we're going to retire this show so I can concentrate solely on other things. Um, but no, I'm uh, Jerry Montana in Los Angeles. We're finally going to get some stuff going with him. I just talked to him last week. So there's a lot to do, not to mention a podcast every week. But right now, my main focus is just spoiling this cat and enjoying as much time as I can with her while we have it. And, um, you know, the next chapter starts uh, when that chapter ends. Simple as that. I'm going to let you go. We'll talk about New Year's stuff. Looking back at 2022 resolutions for this year. Um, I already talked about the, I, I, I do things with pen and paper, brother. So I got to, you know, talk about the fasting. Um, we already talked about not traveling for a little while. Uh, side TV life, blah, 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 blah. Couple different options for uh, when I move to Michigan. Am I going to buy some land and build a tiny home, or am I just going to buy like a commercial or industrial building and turn that into a house, or you know, and, and have a big studio and how much that would cost? Am I just going to get a new van and just live in that? Yeah, we'll talk about all that next week. So, thank you for listening to the Brandon Bishop podcast. I am the Brandon Bishop, and I will see you. I guess I won't see you, but you'll hear me next week. Love you. Bye. <laughs>